Hey everybody, welcome back to another edition of the First in Orange podcast. This is Denver Post sports writer Kyle Newman, joined as usual in studio by phone by my colleague Ryan O'Halloran. And on NFL Cutdown Day, we're going to be talking all aspects of the Broncos' 53-man roster, including biggest surprises to make the roster, to not make the roster, what stood out about the position makeup and numbers there, whether the Broncos will be active on the wire on Sunday, and impressions of the offense after 18 practices and gearing up for the season opener against Tennessee. So we'll start off with the first subject, Ryan. And of course, you've been white on rice on this all day on Twitter, on DenverPost.com slash Broncos. In your mind, as the Broncos make a flurry of moves to trim the roster, who's the biggest surprise in making the roster? Well, Kyle, I think there are a couple surprises. Uh, Calvin Anderson, you know, at the beginning of camp, you say okay, he didn't really he didn't play a lot last year, even though he was on the roster. Jake Rogers played a little bit more. You have Demar Dotson as a veteran pickup, but Calvin Anderson is on the roster as of the initial fifty-three man, and it, as well as Dotson. So Anderson be a surprise. Um, you know, Duke Dawson is a little bit of a surprise up until about a week ago. You're saying okay, where where is there room for him? Is he only a nickel? Can he help out at safety? And, you know, Tyree Cleveland, uh, at the beginning of camp, I wouldn't have guessed they would have kept seven receivers, but Cleveland just kept making plays and to the point where the combination of other teams probably liking him out of the draft and, you know, let's face it, some of the word of mouth going around the league about Tyree, they kept him as the seventh guy. So, you know, those are three guys, Anderson, Dawson, Cleveland. And in terms of surprises to not make the roster, I imagine, Ryan, you probably in agreement with me. Justin Hollins maybe right up there. Fifth round pick out of Oregon last year. Played 15 games as a rookie, but uh, he was not among the guys that they kept. And then also Devontae Bosby, uh, Troy Fumagalli. And with Bosby, you know, you mentioned Duke Dawson making the roster. Vic Fangio indicated that versatility was definitely a factor when considering uh, the secondary and those cornerbacks and which ones he kept behind the starters. Yeah, and I'll start with Bos. Start with Bosby, and I'll finish Vic's thought there because the versatility line is fine. That's why Bassey made it. But the fact they decided to cut Elijah Holder at safety that put Dawson on the roster because he can also help there. As far as Hollins goes, I agree with the decision. Um, although I didn't think they would go that way, I thought they'd try and see if they could still develop him on the active roster. Face it. Let's let's look in here. You know, last year they trained him at outside and inside linebacker, couldn't get really get on the field. They said this camp he's only an outside linebacker. Well, then they moved him inside when they had injuries, and then they moved him back outside when Chubb got hurt. So it was a you know they're trying to find a position for this guy, and if he clears waivers, yeah, put him on the practice squad if you still like him, and um, you know see if he can develop into something. But um, you know those are the I don't want to say surprises; those are the two noteworthy ones. You know, uh, running back, quarterback, receiver, tight end. You know, you mentioned Fumagalli. Um, you know, I think Jake Butt made him expendable, and he also was injured. He had an abdominal procedure last week, which uh, didn't help his chances. It probably ended his chances. But uh, there were just too many tight ends, good tight ends on this uh, under contract to keep uh, Fumagalli. Yeah, I'd be interested to see if somebody adds him. I mean, it's not a, a given there's going to be a lot of waiver moves, but uh, those are a couple names that stood out. 
Yeah, and you mentioned the tight end depth and Jake Butt, you know, having a good camp, looking healthy, kind of forcing the hand on Fumagalli and making him expendable. Also, at the quarterback position, they elected to only keep two quarterbacks, Drew Locke and Jeff Driscoll, the backup. They're waving Brett Rippon, and they hope that he can get through that to probably add him back to the practice squad. But carrying two quarterbacks, you know, Vic acknowledged it. Obviously, they might look at it going forward if, if – extenuating circumstances come up of of adding another one to the roster yeah and you know, let's say you know let's say jeff Frisco pulls a hamstring around in the scout team well you just call brett ripping up he's your number two that week right um you know it, i don't think there's going to be a lot of quarterback movement because of the pre no preseason and also it is a crash course to get an offense learned you know the broncos were the exception last year you know they claimed brandon allen for the rams and he was your number two for the first half of the season before he got a chance to start. So, um, you know, every team at this point is going to say, oh, we're going to get guys, guys are some of our guys are going to get claimed. doesn't happen that way. Uh, very few times do you see more than one or two guys that you cut get claimed by another team. Again, folks, first in Orange podcast, Kyle Newman, Ryan O'Halloran on NFL Cutdown Day, analyzing the Broncos' 53-man roster heading into the regular season. And in terms of position makeup, uh, Vic had an interesting note, I thought, when we talked to him a few minutes ago via Zoom, saying, hey, the the decision was let's not be bound in by traditional numbers of, of positional groups and X amount of wide outs or whatnot. Let's keep the, the best football players we have. And you see that in the wide out grouping for sure, seven wide outs. And of course that includes return man, Deontay Spencer, and then Tyree Cleveland, who we mentioned had a really good camp and Broncos probably didn't want to pass him through waivers. Yeah, and ultimately what the roster math is they subbed out one safety for one receiver. Um, it's 26 on offense, 24 on defense, three specialists. So that's how they got around that. You know, a lot of times when they keep, when a team keeps an extra guy to position, it, it's a uh, you know you keep one less lineman or you keep one fewer tight end. But uh, the Broncos decided to go this way. And you know, one thing Vic pointed out about the three safeties is with uh, Jackson, Simmons, and Marshall, they're only safeties. Uh, remember last year at the beginning of the year they tried to play Kareem as, as their nickel in some instances where that you had to bring another safety onto the field. That's not the case this year because Bryce Callahan's healthy can play inside against the slot receiver. So, you know, they'll, they'll I mean, Holder will go to the practice squad, I imagine, uh, if he clears waivers on Sunday morning. But uh, that's, that's how they sort of made that math work. And on Sunday, waiver wire is sure to be active across the league as teams – claiming the discards from other teams. But GM John Elway today said, you know, don't expect the Broncos to be very active on the waiver wire. Does that surprise you, Ryan? Um, no, uh, because, and I, and I hate saying that I'm not surprised, but I think that's going to be more par for the course of the entire league. There may be an outlier that claims like four or five guys, but, but I think the lack of preseason game tape on these younger players, you know, teams are going to say, hey, Let's just let's just keep our own, and that includes the 16-man practice squad. You know, once you get into the season, you'll probably see a little bit more roster movement. But um, uh, you know, if I'm the Broncos, I mean, it all depends on what position they feel is a need. And here's the thing: by making the trade for Austin Salatro on uh, Friday, okay, that that means there's no way for claiming inside linebacker. They took care of that versus a trade. So, and, and I think that was probably one of the positions they would have looked at. So they were proactive there receiver you know, on offense receiver, obviously. Okay. 
Wyman, it's not worth really claiming a guy because if he was any good, he'd be on a roster. But uh, but we'll see. Uh, I think the major storyline on Sunday is what is the makeup of that 16-man practice squad? How many guys are from the Broncos? So as the Broncos look to set that practice squad uh, this weekend, and before we jump into our final segment, looking at the offense and where they are heading into the regular season, Ryan, what would you think about the waving of Todd Davis, the leading tackler on the team three of the last four years? Obviously he had that calf injury that slowed him up in this camp, and he had the calf injury last year, but then came back and played the final 14 games. So Broncos moving on uh, from Todd Davis, and obviously that's a vote of confidence in Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell. It is, and it, I forgot all about Todd Davis. I mean, it's less than, what was it, 24 hours ago, and it feels like, you know, a couple of days ago. It's been a whirlwind uh, of moves, yes. Yeah, and, you know, they feel good about Jules Camp. Uh, they feel good that once Barron gets up to speed, he can be their cover linebacker in the nickel. And when they acquired the linebacker from Cincinnati, uh, Salatro, who knows if that's right? I mean, whatever. Um you know, he's a special team guy who can also start on defense. So that made Todd expendable. Well, let's face it, you uh, create four and a half million dollars of cap space that you can roll over the next year when you don't when you think the cap may be flat because of coronavirus and the revenue is going down. You know, that's 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 some nice money to be able to roll over. But with Todd's thing going into last year of his deal, he's a free agent because he's he's a veteran. He can sign with any team. My guess is that teams will want to kick the tires on him after week one but his full salary would not be guaranteed. Again, folks, first in Orange Podcast, Ryan O'Halloran, Kyle Newman. We'll close this segment talking a little about the offense. And John Elway, a little interesting insight today into Drew Locke's past month in camp, and he said it was a little inconsistent, but that's what we expected. Now, can the Broncos' inconsistent offense here through the preseason find its gear here in week one against Tennessee? I guess that's the big question everyone's asking. Yeah, and, and I get where John's coming from because he said at the outset of camp two, he's basically trying to, you know, uh, limit expectations, saying, "Hey, if this is a young offense, it's going to take time. They're learning a new playbook, all valid points." But one area where they shouldn't have any issues with the learning and the young offense is being able to run it. And I think they're going to be able to lean on Gordon and Lindsey heavily. Um, they up front, they like the way they run blocked in these uh, you know thud drills during camp. So if they can run it effectively, that sets up the play action. That sets up your shots downfield to Sutton and Judy. So I think that's their recipe. And you know, really, you know, on defense, this this defense has they got to finish games. They didn't do it last year, and they dug themselves a hole. So if they can create a turnover, which they really didn't do a lot last year give this offense a short field, get a lead, then you can lean on your pass rushers. You can lean on your corners. And uh, you know, that that's going to have to be the recipe early in the season until this offense you know, finds a little bit more of a comfort level. Folks, keep it tuned to denverpost.com slash Broncos as we go through here this next week, leading into the opener on Monday Night Football against the Titans. This has been Kyle Newman alongside Ryan O'Halloran. Appreciate you listening to the First in Orange podcast. Until next time, folks, take it easy.